0: Welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast with me, Ishreen Bradley, Chief Inspiration Officer at Belonging Pioneers. And me,
1: Kami Nuttall, Founder of Culture Lab Consultancy.
0: Privilege is a conundrum that dilutes the culture of fairness at work, and as a leader, you recognize that your organization has more to do.
1: You want to create success through connection and belonging, and you're unsure about how to make it happen.
0: Now, the Privilege Eruption podcast is where you have the opportunity to evolve breakthrough thinking about the impact of power, privilege, and purpose, and how that shows up at work.
1: And in these podcasts, you will gain the courage and confidence to
0: realize a culture of inclusion for all. So welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast. This is a podcast by Belonging Pioneers and the Culture Lab Consultancy about the questions and ideas around the hidden barriers to achieving our diversity, equity, and inclusion goals. This is where we erupt the constraining impact of privilege and explore new possibilities in the context of shared power and purpose. This is where we explore and test out ideas with amazing guests who have done or are doing the work. Well, Kami, as you know, one of my really strong values is fairness. And I think that if privilege is not handled equitably, then fairness is just not possible, and and so for me, it's essential that we learn to deal with our privilege, um, because you know we might have privilege from our history and our experiences, but we are we don't have to be our privilege. So I thought. What I might do is just share another story. You'll remember I shared with you my eraser story. I think that was in episode one, right? Yeah. And and how that made me really conscious of where I didn't have privilege and I would have to fit in. Another story is um, of my experience of when my brother was born. So uh, imagine this. I'm five years old. I run into my room to give my mother a hug. And she tells me to get out of the room and Gosh. I'm really shocked. She's never said something like that to me before. And I don't, I think maybe I misheard. So I go towards her again. And she says, get out of the room now. And I'm really distraught. And and in that moment I decide that my mother doesn't love me. And then, you know, I'm spending um, all my life pretty much looking for evidence that she doesn't oh love God. me and she does Extreme. love me. Right. Let's
1: just pause it. That that's, that's really powerful what you've just said you know I think I think just to pause for a second acknowledge that you took away some
0: incredible meaning from that yeah and we do that right Mm. we Mm. do that in life so I you know I decided and essentially that put a barrier between my mother and myself and it was only um you know i was about 35 and I, I started working on developing myself and understanding myself and kind of wondering why i had trouble connecting with with people that i i realized it was you know that was just a decision i made it was not even the truth right? and when i could separate right. the meaning i added to an action the action was just my mother said get out of the room Um, I made it mean she didn't love me, and it's so not the truth, right? And even when I was going through that learning process, I didn't realize that was not the truth. Um, But then I had a conversation with my mother, and, you know, we started to deconstruct it and explore it. And, you know, all she was trying to do was she had this baby in her arms, a newborn baby, and she was trying to feed it. It was my brother. Yes, yeah. And, and she was struggling. And I, as a five-year-old, didn't have the, the intellectual capacity to understand that she was just struggling and trying to feed this newborn baby. And it didn't mean she didn't love me. Right. So so from that, um, okay, thankfully, that was the turning point in our relationship. And now I you know, we just have this amazing relationship where she's out boasting to people about the work we do and 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 she's you know whenever she has any challenge she comes to me can you imagine that's such a privilege yeah right and we work it through and I do the same with her so so I think um so why do I share this story with you it's similar to the eraser story right what it what it did was make me focus on where I didn't have privilege Then I started to take action to almost fight that, right? Fight my lack of privilege. And then I became a campaigner, you know? So now I, you know, I'm a campaigner for equity at work and that's what I'm passionate about. Um, But those kinds of experiences that everybody has will, will form our values, right? Whatever experiences you had, as a child or as you were growing up will form your values and um and they're a part of what causes us to be who we are and and that's really that's that's why it's important for me so I started fighting for my lack of privilege so that I could reach a level ground and um and now i'm i'm kind of i'm not fighting but i'm I'm facilitating. Um, others to be able to achieve that both as an organizational environment and as individuals so that's why privilege is is really you can feel my passion around it right
1: yeah no absolutely I mean again you, you know just reflecting on your story helps me sort of reflect on mine and you know I'm, I'm the youngest of three daughters and three sisters and um, I've often recall being um, sort of uh, told that you know um you you know you were you were meant to be a boy or if you'd been a boy you'd have been valued differently you know in, in the family so so there is something around that isn't there in terms of the way absolutely we, we make we make um take meaning
0: from those things but i i think let's let's dial it can back i say bit. actually yeah. Cammy, that that re- reminds me i'm not sure i made the point clearly enough is that actually one thing i also realized in that incident is that boys are valued more than girls Sure.
1: Yeah. And hence yeah.
0: my kind of you know, enthusiasm for women having equal opportunities at work. Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I yeah. get that link. Yeah. So so let's dial this back slightly in terms of, you know, let's let's bring some definitions into this, because obviously we're, you know, privilege is a is as a word can get a lot of backs up. Yeah, Um, it's a
0: very emotive word, isn't it? It's
1: it's very emotive. And I Mm. myself have struggled with it in the past in understanding what it means or being Mm. able to explain it to Mm. others. I'm much better informed now because Mm. I've done the work.
0: Yeah. So
1: so I wanted to just get your take on it. How do you define it?
0: So this is how I define it. So I say privilege is a special advantage or entitlement that a person has and uses either to their own benefit or to the detriment of another. Powerful,
1: right. very powerful. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. could
0: be man, woman. It could be black, white. It could be married, single, or single parent. Um, you know, trans, cis, gay, straight, or you know, whatever that is. There are so many different kinds of privilege, aren't there? And and so when I really started to go to work on this, um, I realized that I was focusing on my underprivilege and not focusing on where. I have privilege, and I think most human beings do that, right? I, so, I think most
1: human beings struggle with the concept that they have privilege. Yeah,
0: I, That's true. That's true. So, I st- you know, I started really appreciating the privilege that I had, my education, um, the connections in the social networks that I had, the employment that I, I was privileged to have where I lived, my family history, that I was held, the able bodied you know, So really appreciating that um, made a big difference to me. And I think if if you spend time reflecting on the privilege that you have over time, what's been in your unconscious becomes conscious because those privileges, they drive behaviors as well. And they drive behaviors that, you know, and those behaviors could cause inequity and unfairness without even knowing it hmm. You know, and some of those I think some of those are systemic and structural. So, you know, if you want to deconstruct those sources of privilege, then you do have to become a camp- campaigner like you and me. And some of them we actually have individual choices on so we can choose whether we do something about that privilege that we have and and um, use it to enable people who don't have those privileges.
1: Okay, yeah. You know, thinking about this again, for for many, there might be sort of a question of, of, you know, inviting them to sort of think about, people who are listening to this episode, you know, inviting them to think about their own privilege. Where do Mm. they have their privilege? And I remember going through this journey, not so long ago, I suppose, and really reflecting on one, what I had and what I didn't have. Mm-hmm. And it's very yeah. easy to sort of reflect on what we don't have, but yeah. well, actually, when we start thinking about what we what we do have, it's empowering.
0: It is empowering. But you know, um, it's empowering if you choose to do something about it. You no, know, a lot of people, and you know, when we work with people, this is where they start. Is uh, for them, like it was with me, the privilege itself is invisible. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of the the privileges that I had. Um, So I took time to learn about privilege and learn about the impact of privilege on on the people around me. And then, of course, you go to feeling guilty about that or feeling ashamed. So how do you deal with that? Um, You know, you have to really learn to own the privilege that you have and know that you, you are not your privilege, Right. History gave you privilege. What do you do about it? Sure. Um, and then the third thing sometimes people do is they become defensive.
1: Yes.
0: And um, so, you know, it's not my fault, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm trying to justify why I have this privilege and why it's okay. Um, and then we have to learn to be open to feedback from others so that we can open up. And the final thing is that we feel entitled, right? Mm. For the longest time, I felt entitled to my education. I felt entitled to what I, what I had from my family background. And, and really knowing that having that is a privilege in a strong way and that I can do something about that, I can steward my privilege for the benefit of others. And that, that really is a huge gift. And it it brings a huge sense of peace as well. So
1: Ishreen, let's talk a little bit about something that comes up in organisations a lot. And we know it's in the discourse. We know it's in the language. We know lots of leaders talk about this and that is meritocracy. Yeah. And, you know, it's such a problem, but it's in so much of the literature that even, you know, if I'm, if I'm talking reading, researching culture, I see meritocracy there. written Everywhere, and I'm thinking, no, yeah. this is wrong. This is yeah. not, I, let's talk
0: about why this is so wrong. Oh yeah, and and then the other thing, which is that we're so that's I think you know we, I was talking about invisibility and denial. So invisibility is when we're not conscious, like I was not conscious, and some people go into denial as well. So they're aware of their privilege, but they don't acknowledge it. Um, so meritocracy fits beautifully into that space, mm. right? Mm-hmm. it's when we're um uh, we're not even aware right we we're, we're assuming that everybody enters our organization with the same levels of capacity and privilege and yeah. resources and it's just not true
1: yeah you yeah.
0: know um i saw this beautiful video the other day where you've got um a race about to start and meritocracy is assuming that everybody in the race starts at the starting line right yeah but you know there are people who maybe didn't have the financial resources to have the education that you had maybe they had problems at home that they had to look after you know um maybe because they were a girl child they were not given the Level of privileged education that was given to the boy child, you yes, know. Yeah. All, all these things basically take you further and further away from the starting line. And so if you really believe in a level playing field, you need to be aware that not everybody is at the starting point. Mm. Right? So you need to make adjustments, reasonable adjustments to support. People who may not be at the starting line to get to that starting line and start the race at the same point.
1: And and, you know, I think that actually also lends itself to. In in you know, when I'm thinking about culture, I'm also thinking about the assumptions we have at work, Mm -hmm. and what we what we really value at work. Yeah, and how then that plays out in this idea of meritocracy. And yeah. you know, what you're explaining is that we don't all have a starting point, the same starting point. Exactly. Yeah. So I, it, you know, I'm quite happy to share my example where I went for a promotion. And I didn't get it. You know. Yeah. But I was, I was told, well, you know, we're, we're, um, I knew we were in a place of meritocracy. I worked hard. Mm. I thought I'd done what I needed to do to demonstrate that I was ready for the promotion. I was told I was ready for the promotion. So, You probably remember, were ready for the oh, promotion. Oh, no, I think I, I think I was there. I think I was, I think I was already doing the job. Anyway, yeah. um, that, that's my personal biased opinion. <laughs> um, but when all the signals are pointing the same direction, and then when you come to a massive obstacle, and the obstacle is that you're told by an exclusive privileged group of people who happen to be the most senior leaders of the organisation, that on this occasion, no, you've not been successful. You're not going to get to p- present to the, to, the, to the leadership. We're not accepting your application for that promotion. Mm-hmm. But when you compare yourself to the people who did go through, right? So, so the, what, what was valued was very different. Mm-hmm. So I'm brown, South Asian descent, a woman, um representing in that at that time the not-for-profit sector which we know not-for-profit isn't a huge income earner yeah um yeah. but I was passionate about it and I mm. knew we, we were doing a lot there and it was an important sector to be involved in and the people I was working with knew that as well yeah but the people who went through <clears throat> white male young younger than me I think but mm. I don't know um not 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 to be an ageist there but um um uh financial services sector Mm -hmm. and, and, and tax VAT that tells, those are money earning sectors. So it tells you, you know, what is valued, really valued at work. Yeah. And meritocracy doesn't work when you have, when you are, um, you know, you have these values that are underpinned by privilege.
0: Yeah.
1: That push against this point of view that everyone has the same starting point. We don't.
0: Absolutely. Given this level of discomfort with privilege and the need to understand the wider concepts of privilege, belonging pioneers are doing some research to explore and understand individual experiences of privilege, whether you're black, white, female, male, uh, somewhere in between, abled, not abled as much as everybody else, whatever your kind of privileges or underprivileges, please do support us in increasing understanding of privilege as a broader concept so that we can all start to steward our privilege for the benefit of our fellow human beings at work. You can find the link to a survey that we're doing as a part of this research in the show notes. Please do go to the show notes, click on that link and complete the survey so that we can increase the body of knowledge about this highly misunderstood area by providing more data and information. We really hope you enjoyed this
1: episode. Thank you for joining us.
0: Our intention is to bring you new insights about the impact of power, privilege and purpose at work for you and for your organization.
1: You can check out our episode description for social media accounts and don't forget to send in your questions and you can send those to our email, equitychampions at belongingpioneers.com.
0: We look forward to sharing more about power, privilege and purpose at work with you on this podcast. Now, if you got value, please remember to share it with your networks. Please leave us a review. And as Cami said, please do remember to send us any questions that you'd like us to discuss on this podcast. And we'll see you next time. Next time. Bye.